Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Live from the Hogs Meat Market Studios, this is Out of Bounds. The Uri Ruiz. That bitch is swung on in one off to Donaldson. Walks into first. He has done it. Domingo Hermanes won the 24th perfect game in Major League history. And he is being fought by his teammates. Incredible. A perfect game for Herman. From the first pitch of the ball game, Domingo Herman showed you things were working well. Yeah, yeah. With John Neighbors. Every time you put a mic in my face, I'm going to say Arkansas. And Joe Franklin. We won't go into shell. We won't go into attack mode. Because that's what's required. On 1037 The Buzz. Appreciate everybody listening in on this beautiful day here in the great state of Arkansas. John Neighbors, Joe Franklin, broadcasting live from the Hogsmeade Market Studios with you today. And thank you, as always, for making us a part of your afternoon this afternoon. It's been a great Trash Talk Thursday, talking about a lot of things in the world of sports. And also, we're going to have Connor O'Gara, Saturday Down South, joining us just a second, talk a little college football with him. Uh, not only about uh, all the news going on with it, but also this upcoming season especially with Arkansas. But uh, before we uh, get Connor on the line, let's uh, try to squeeze in J.K. and Fairfield Bay has been patiently holding. What's up, J.K.? Hey, guys. Me and the guys up here in Fairfield Bay are wondering, and Justin Moore might be too, is where did this hogs by 90 come from? And I'll hang up and listen. Thank you. Great show yesterday, guys. All right. Appreciate it, J.K. Appreciate it, J.K. Um, I've tried to explain this. It's kind of weird to explain, but... Essentially, it was, at least from my understanding, it was like a social media thing where teams, especially in the SEC or uh, you know college-age kids, uh, trying to figure out some sort of thing to, to put out there. And uh, there was just these quick things of like, all right, well, what's this team going to win by or what's our team going to win by tonight? Well, it's going to be, oh, we're going to win by 90. I don't know why it was 90. I don't know why it wasn't 100. I guess it sounds better and quicker when it's just 90. And so people start saying, like, cats by 90 for, like, Kentucky or Vols by 90 for Tennessee, uh, or, or Dogs by 90, you know, whatever it is. And, of course, with Arkansas, it's the Hogs, so it's Hogs by 90. And it just kind of caught on, and a lot of people use it. It's not to say that it's you know, something that's going to take place of the Hog call itself or anything like that. It's just something unique, something different, something random. I don't know. I've always just kind of liked it because I think it's pretty funny to mention and pretty funny to talk about. But that's about it, J.K. That's a, about the best explanation that I can provide and give just one of those social media things that just happen and people bring it up and, and talk about it and use it and but it doesn't really mean anything at the end of the day so but appreciate you listening in and calling in because i know that question gets thrown around and gets asked a lot when it comes to uh, a lot of these uh, college teams in general but still with what is going on right now in the college football landscape it's ever-changing sec media days is going to be here in just a few weeks and we know that with that SEC media days, there's going to be storylines. And we see that the NCAA is trying to still adjust things and still put teams on probation or still punish teams for violations. And it seems so juvenile because it's – what does it matter right now? I don't know. It's just a crazy time right now in all of college sports, but especially with college football for stuff that's going on the field and off the field. But we're going to talk about that and a lot more as we go to the Jones and Sun Diamond and Bridal Fine Jewelry Hotline. 
And welcome in a friend of the show, Connor O'Gara of Saturday Down South. And Connor, as always, man, we appreciate you joining us this afternoon. How you doing? Hey, uh, good to be here. Yeah, I, I feel like SEC Media Days always kind of creeps up on us. It's like, hey, we hit the deadest summer, and then very quickly SEC Media Days are right here, and we're just mid-season form. Yeah, it's pretty much how it feels uh, a lot of times, too. And I know with uh, the, the excitement that's surrounding a lot of teams this upcoming football season, I thought that what you put up uh, on social media dealing with Arkansas was really telling as far as how people feel about K.J. Jefferson, because you said re- returning quarterbacks who have ranked in the top ten in the FBS and quarterback rating each of the last two years. You had Caleb Williams, who we know, Heisman Trophy winner and how great he is. You had Grayson McCall from Coastal, and then you had K.J. Jefferson. Those are the only three quarterbacks that have done that. So knowing that, how are there still people that feel like K.J. Jefferson is not the best quarterback in the SEC, or at least one of the best quarterbacks uh, in the SEC when the numbers speak for themselves, if you will? I think part of it is because they don't necessarily view him as this great pro prospect, and part of that hurts college guys in the way that they're discussed, which is kind of dumb because we should be able to appreciate it for what it is. And I, I think we do a better job in college basketball of appreciating college guys for who they are in college, not worrying about what they are at the next level because that doesn't always translate. And I'm not saying it will or it won't with KJ, but he doesn't have that highly regarded feeling that a lot of people are talking about. Part of that because of the scheme that he played in, I think people want to see him throw the football a little bit more, which you should be able to do this year with Danino's. But I think some of it is because of the year that Arkansas had last year. If they had gone to a New Year's Six Bowl, if they had taken another step, I think KJ would have been on more radars. But I think there are still people who are of the belief that, like, okay, he's he's solid, he's fine, but he's not a game-changer quarterback. And to me, I see some of the plays that he makes within a game, and I'm like, that, that guy is a game-changer. There, there are so few people that can do some of the things that he does and the way that he can, the way that he can shake off defenders to make a throw, the way that he can break a guy down in the open field once he hits the second level, like there are just not that many guys that can do all the things that KJ can do. And even if he isn't necessarily making high level NFL throws yet, to me, I just think he's a tremendous player. And I think if you're sleeping on him as one of the better quarterbacks in college football, you're you're, you're very much in the wrong in this argument. Are there certain throws that KJ needs to be able to make for people to view him in a different sense? Because he does throw the deep ball well, but you have to. Everybody has to work in sync for that to to work anyway. With the receiver getting separation and him placing the ball right where it needs to be. So, what are they? What more are they looking for from KJ to be thought of more highly when it comes to being a pro prospect? Yeah, I mean, I think part of it is okay. You're you're working through your progression. That's that's a big thing that they like to be able to see at the next level. Are you hitting your first read or are you not? You know, people talk a lot about Henry Hooker and why the scheme that he played in with Josh Heupel. It, it always had the first read open, and Henry Hooker wasn't necessarily somebody who had to work through his second or third project uh, progression as much. And, and with KJ, it's, it's definitely a different offense that that he plays in. But I, I think the question is okay. Is he getting to that that level where he's really breaking down a defense and doing so that way, or is a lot of that happening pre-snap and you're making those determinations very quickly within a within a given play? I think that's kind of the processing that they want to see. And this offense this year is going to be able to lend itself to that a little bit more than it did with Danny Nose, and if they're or it should with Danny Nose more so than it did with Kendall Biles. And if you're playing at a, a little bit more of a of a pro-level pace and you're not going at that tempo, then perhaps we're going to view that a little bit differently than we did last year. So I think that's kind of what they're going to look at with him. They want to see him making those anticipation throws and being able to you know look off a safety over the top and drop it in a bucket. Just things like that that I think KJ can do to help himself as he's viewed as, a, as an NFL prospect. You know, you spoke about the offense with Dan Enos, which I think people feel like it's going to be all right because he's been in the SEC. He's been here at Arkansas before and has had success. But uh, the variations of offenses that go into the SEC in general, 
I've always find it fascinating when some people say, hey, this offense will work, but this offense won't work with this type of players. you got to have this type of personnel and this type of roster and everything. Do you feel like sometimes that's a little bit overblown when it comes to people who are, quote, systems or uh, players that, uh, quote, may have a, a great offense because of the coach? Because I feel like if you got great players, you'll make it work. If you got a great quarterback, you'll make it work, regardless of what the offense truly looks like. But just what do you make of the different systems of offense and the different quarterbacks that fit those systems in the SEC, especially this upcoming season? Yeah, I'm old enough to remember when people said the old that that the the Mike Leach air raid would never work in the SEC, and I'm like, what were we talking about? Like 25 years ago, that was what Kentucky ran with in college, and it was uh, something that that I think you have to tell the story of the SEC with when we talk about how mommy and what they were doing there, and you know now that Mike Leach is unfortunately no longer with us, you know I, I think they're there is a lack of extreme offenses in the SEC, and a lot of them kind of take bits and pieces of what everybody else is doing and apply it to their own offenses. But, no, I mean, I think a lot of different things can work in the SEC. I don't think there's necessarily like that one specific offense that you have to be able to run because, you know, we've seen very various levels of success. I think with Arkansas, being a little bit more balanced, and having that approach, it's going to help you if you have a quarterback that can handle it. I think Given where KJ was as a first-year starter two years ago, it made a lot of sense that was going to be the way to maximize the potential of that team and to not necessarily take those chances. I think this year they're going to have to take more chances. That's the biggest thing that I'd like to be able to see with this new system is having KJ be willing to say, like, all right, you know what, I might throw an interception here. I might throw an interception there. Sometimes you kind of need that. And I feel like there are points where – you're going to have to be able to take those chances because defensively, maybe maybe you're not having that type of day. And with all the questions we have on that side of the ball for Arkansas this year, I think that we're going to need to see them kind of tap into a different year. And you know, this system is ultimately what's going to determine how good Arkansas is and if they're able to bounce back. Arkansas has a strong running game, and at times KJ is used as part of that running game. And uh, there's something to be said for. KJ to be protected a little bit more and not necessarily running as much. That is part of the game, and if the play breaks down, of course, you want to see him take over with his talents there, but, um, you know, talking about this passing game, I think it kind of excites people to think that there'll be more of that as opposed to the running so much where there are those design runs for KJ. Yeah, you got you got to keep him healthy. I mean, KJ's not healthy this year. Like, we talk all we want about backups here and there, and there was there was a lot of buzz about Malik Hornsby and that skill set, and then you kind of saw in that game against LSU of what you can go against in a given week, and how it's great if you have a guy that has certain skills, but man, it is just so difficult to, to win this in this league, especially at the level that Arkansas would like to be able to. you got to keep KJ healthy, and in order to keep him healthy, I, I think that you have to, to, to cut back on some of that a little bit. I mean, there, there's just a a very difficult learning curve for anybody that steps into his shoes and is going to try and do all the things that he can. And, and that's really what you need to be able to make this offense go. And you talk about the loaded boxes that, that Rocket Sanders would see if KJ were to go down. But one of the things I like so much about what Dan Enos is going to do is he's going to give KJ some, uh, some chances to have traditional handoffs and not have those RPO handoffs where he's taking unnecessary hits on plays that he's not even the, the primary ball carrier, and he's giving the rock up. So, yeah, I, I think that there should be a, a better chance for K.J. to stay upright because we saw last year he got banged up, and it, it feels just inevitable when you're operating an offense like that. So, yeah, hopefully K.J. gets to play an entire season, and we don't have to necessarily wonder what the backup situation looks like. Well, Connor, I hate to even like put it this way because it sounds so cliche and lame, but it, it's like when you saying that about K.J., and I agree with you, is he the most important quarterback in the SEC to his team? Because, listen, anytime you have uh, your starter out, there's an impact. There's a reason why you have a starter, and there's a reason why you have backups. But just because of group Criswell, he may be capable, or whoever, it, it seems like, hey, this season's going to go as K.J. Jefferson goes. So is he the most important player, or at least the most important quarterback to his team in the SEC this year? I'd say he and Devin Leary at Kentucky. Those are the two most important. Where I look at their backup situation, it's like, hey, that, that doesn't really give me a lot of confidence. Whereas I think you could look at, you know, if you look at the, the three powers in the SEC, if you look at, I mean, you can even include Tennessee 
in this conversation, you know, you could send, you could say like, all right, so if let, let's talk about Bama's backup situation. Well, Bama doesn't have a whole lot of separation at the top. They just added Tyler Buckner from Notre Dame to have a fifth scholarship quarterback there. Carson Beck, we think he's going to be a stud at Georgia, but oh, you've got Brock Vandegrift waiting in the wing. Tennessee, you have a, a situation in which you have, you know, like a Nico Iamaliava who comes in as a recruit that's just behind, that's just behind Arch Manning. I mean, LSU, they've got, got Garrett Nussmeyer as your backup. He threw for like 300 yards in the second half against Georgia. Yeah, so you can go up and down the SEC. You can find those those differences. And I look at Arkansas and I say, yeah, KJ goes down, this season changes, and this is a very different road. How would you rank the top five quarterbacks in the SEC? Wait, say that, say that again. So Sorry about top, that. I, your I, I your top five quarterbacks in the SEC, how would you rank them? Yeah, I have KJ at one. I have... Um, Gosh, uh, who do I have at two right now? I think I, I'd probably still go with Leary at two. I, I think people are overlooking what he was at NC State a couple years ago and before he got hurt last year. I would still only have Jaden Daniels at third. I'd probably have like Will Rogers at four and then maybe Spencer Rattler at five. That's probably how I'd go right now. So that's interesting that four of your five played in the SEC last year. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, no, that's uh, yeah. I mean, I think you kind of have to to prove it to be able to to do that. I, I think that's kind of what we're looking at, and I think why this conversation is is interesting because it feels very different last than last year when we're coming in with Bryce Young, with Hendon Hooker, and, and I think you looked up and down the conference, even Seth and Bennett, and it felt like you had a much better idea of how this was going to go. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what year. Uh, you could go back and, and kind of compare it to this year, where there's just a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of uh, okay, but could be good, and then there's maybe a good, could be great, but maybe it, this year in the quarterbacks, I'm not saying it's going back to the days of where the SEC literally had no quarterbacks ever, just a bunch of game managers during the you know mid to late 2000s, it seemed like. But uh, it does have that vibe of like, man, this could end up being a, a year where at the end of it, the all SEC teams come out and the first and second teams are two guys that maybe no one really expected it to be at the end of the day. Could very much happen. If Carson Beck is first team all SEC guy, it would not would not surprise me in the slightest. I think, you know, you you look up and down the conference and you can see like, okay, is there is there a path in which we're we're talking about, I don't know, even Spencer Rattler taking that next step? Absolutely. I, I think that there are a lot of different guys that maybe maybe Auburn with Hugh Freeze, like Hugh Freeze cranking out an all SEC quarterback, that that isn't necessarily surprising. Of course, if Peyton Thorne has that type of year, are, are we really going to be like, wow, this is this was something that we saw coming? Probably not, but it does feel like very much it's up for grabs, and it feels like KJ should be a guy who's in position, at least in my opinion, to have the best path of being an all SEC quarterback this year. Who has the the better options at quarterback between Bama and A and M? We know that Bama, we've seen that they have at least one quarterback that has some SEC experience, but he would be a new starter, and uh, you know the competition is up for debate there. And then A&M, there's a lot of uncertainty with them, but they have a new offensive coordinator in Bobby Petrino. So who had, between those two teams, who has the better quarterback situation? Uh, give me Connor Wigman. I, I'd, I'd like A&M's situation a little bit better, which is weird to say about Bama, but... I just think that the fact that Bama added a fifth scholarship quarterback in Tyler Buckner, a guy that I'm not particularly sold on, I think that kind of speaks to the desperation right now and not really feeling great about Jalen Monroe, not feeling as good about Ty Simpson, hoping that spring was going to sort of squash the quarterback decision, and it did not. And instead, at Anum, they have a situation where you have, I mean, basically, like you have, uh, you have a guy that, that comes in that, that finally got to run a system that made sense and they looked really good against LSU and won that game convincingly in College Station. And they showed some really good things down the stretch. So I expect Connor Wigman with Bobby Petrino to kind of be that guy this year. Well, before we let you get out of here, you, you wrote a really interesting article. And speaking of Bobby Petrino, of course, we, we went into depth yesterday about the tragic passing of Ryan Mallett, a former Arkansas great. And you went through a list of 10 quarterbacks who won the breakup from former coaches, essentially like with Ryan Mallett leaving Michigan because Rich Rodriguez was coming in, and uh, Ryan Mallett in Arkansas ended up being the beneficiary, and Rich Rodriguez in Michigan, we know how that pulled out. So uh, just kind of give us a little preview of that list, and 
uh, and sparking that and how incredible it is to see some of those players that ended up merely making the best of it and making the right decision by getting out of the coaching situation and the team situation that they were in previously. Yeah, right now it's a great example of that with the way that it played out with, with Rich Rod at Michigan, how awkward that dynamic was when he comes on board. My mouth, like, I'm a pro passer. I'm getting out of here. I know what kind of system they run. There's a lot of situations that you could look at in college football. Russell Wilson at NC State the one that comes, that comes to mind. <laughs> and having a head coach who's like, wait a minute, you want to go play baseball in the spring? I'm not on board with that. Uh, we have no problem with letting you leave. And then he ends up being, obviously, Big Ten Offensive Player of the Year. Wisconsin goes to a Rose Bowl. I think Justin Fields at Georgia is one that comes to mind in recent memory and the way that played out with Kirby Smart. And not necessarily that he didn't start as a true freshman, but just that he didn't necessarily get used and get to throw in, in, in some of those late-game situations in the way that I think he would have liked. And then, you know, you could go to even a more recent example, Jaden Daniels at Arizona State. That's one where Herm Edwards and Jaden Daniels were apparently on the same page, and then, you know, they go into the offseason. They're not going to pursue Spencer rather in the transfer portal. They end up having a, a situation where Jaden Daniels is like, nah, i got to leave. I feel like you're, you're going to be, you know, maybe on the hot seat or something like that next season. He goes to LSU. They end up winning the division. Obviously, they beat Bama, and he has a great season. So I, I think that you could look at situations like this that Ryan Mallett kind of paved the way for, and it is interesting to kind of break that down because everybody thinks that they're going to win this breakup. Every quarterback thinks that they're going to win it, and that doesn't obviously necessarily end up being the case. Yeah, it's always one of those deals. And, man, thank goodness that uh, Rich Rodriguez is what was hired at Michigan and he wasn't hired at Alabama because of that whole thing. It just the, – the, the what do they call it? The uh, – the like just basically a thing in time that had so much impact, the butterfly effect, so much impact on the games yeah. themselves and, and how it changed it all. But, uh, yeah, great stuff. And if you haven't had a chance to check it out, folks, be sure to do so on SaturdayDownSouth.com. Connor O'Gara, writer for Saturday Down South. Appreciate it as always, my man, and look forward to catching up with you down at SEC Media Days in Nashville. Sounds good. Appreciate you guys. All right. Again, Connor Aguirre, Saturday Down South, joining us on the Jones and Sun Diamond and Bridal Fine Jewelry Hotline. We'll take a commercial break, and we'll come back with more Out of Bounds, more of your phone calls and messages. So stay with us. Get in the zone with Justin Acri and Wes Moore every day from 10 to 1. Live from the Oakwan Racing Casino Resort Studios on 103.7 The Buzz. Sports Center. Domingo Armand of the New York Yankees became part of history last night. As Mitch is swung on that one off to Donaldson. Donaldson to first. He has done it. Domingo Armand has won the 24th perfect game in Major League history. And he is being mobbed by his teammates. Incredible. A perfect game for Armand. The Yankees, of course, won the game versus the Athletics 11 to nothing. It is the first perfect game through in the league since Mariners pitcher Felix Hernandez threw one in 2012. In local news, the Arkansas Travelers opened their series with the Springfield Cardinals, winning last night's game 6-2. to They'll be back in action again at Dickey Stevens Park tonight. First pitch is set for 6:35. Coverage can be heard on 106.7 Buzz 2. I'm Christian Weaver with the Buzz Radio Network. Guadney Chevrolet has redeployed. Deal Team 6. These guys didn't retire. They reloaded and declared it truck month without GM's blessing. Bite the bullet and get up to 7500 off select Silverados in stock with eligible trade. Trading a 2009 or newer? Stack the rebates. As high as 4250 on 2023 Silverado. Upgrade your family's personnel carrier to a 2023 Equinox with 2000 off in stock units. Why shop a mine? of questionable used cars. Browse a huge selection of pristine pre-owned with Guadney's Deal Team 6 today. Guadney Chevrolet, the top gun of Arkansas's Chevy dealers. Coming from Little Rock? Avoid any traffic or construction by taking the Main Street exit in Jacksonville. Right on Main, then left on Bailey. To our front door, 1301 TP White Drive. Call 501-982-2102. GuadneyChevrolet.com. Chevrolet. Find new roads. All offered with approved credit. See dealer for details. At College Hunks Hauling Junk and Moving, they move the things you love and haul away the stuff you don't. They offer packing, moving, loading and unloading, as well as junk removal. Find out why they have more five-star reviews than any other moving company. CollegeHunksHaulingJunk.com Look, I get it. We all receive a lot of... 
messages and calls. But when you're driving, they can wait. Slow down, phone down. Work zone crashes have increased by 70% in Arkansas over the last four years. Law enforcement officers are patrolling work zones with zero tolerance for speeding or distracted drivers. When you enter a work zone, remember, slow down, phone down. It's the law. A message from the Arkansas Department of Transportation and the Arkansas Highway Safety Office. This is Pat Bradley for River City Flooring, where you can pick your payment. Get 0% interest for 12, 24, or 36 months. And River City Flooring in Maumel is where you'll save 50% on all in-stock waterproof LVP flooring. And did you know River City Flooring carries cabinets? So stop in and let my friends at River City Flooring help you with your remodel. Kitchen, bath, living, dining, they do it all. Check out River City Flooring in Maumel at their huge new showroom on Maumel Boulevard just off 430. Alzheimer's disease affects over 6 million Americans. While there is no cure, there are steps you can take to reduce your risk and improve brain health. Steps include regular exercise, eating a healthy diet, staying socially engaged, and challenging your brain with new activities. If you or a loved one are experiencing memory loss or other symptoms of Alzheimer's, seek medical attention right away. Join us in the fight against Alzheimer's. Learn more at healthyar.info forward slash bold. A message from the Arkansas Department of Health. Central Arkansas Truck and Trailer presents Movie Trivia with Morning Mayhem. Listen every Wednesday morning for your chance to play and win. Morning Mayhem Movie Trivia every Wednesday brought to you by Central Arkansas Truck and Trailer on 103.7 The Buzz. Get only the best customer service and the best selection of meats at Hogs Meat Market, where they have sliced boar head deli meats and cheeses. Hogs Meat Market, the steak people. You're listening to Out of Bounds with John Neighbors and Joe Franklin. Mallet's going to throw downfield, complete to Kobe at midfield, breaks a tackle. Hamilton's at the 40, the 30, the 20, Kobe at the 10, to the 5, touchdown Arkansas! Wow! Touchdown Arkansas on the final play of the half! Unbelievable! 80 yards and a touchdown! And who said six seconds didn't count? On 1037 The Buzz. tell you about Guatney Chevrolet and their deals that they have going on right now with Deal Team 6. $75 off of Silverado's in stock with the 2009 or newer trade-in as well as $2,000 off in stock 2023 Equinoxes. Now those deals are great. You, you know, you're not going to get better deals on Silverado's or Equinoxes, but how about this? Rates on everything new in stock as low as 6.99% APR. Now that that's a deal right there, and you're not going to get a better one anywhere else, so you better make it over to Guatney Chevrolet. They have plenty of inventory to choose from, and they also have different vehicles for you. So if you're thinking about an SUV, thinking about a truck, thinking about just a full-size car, they got you taken care of. And also, maybe you're not wanting new, maybe you want pre-owned, best pre-owned vehicles in all the land right there at Guatney Chevrolet. Good enough for mom, as they like to say, which means that if they're good enough for your mom, they're good enough for you. So check them out today right there off the Gregory Street exit in Jacksonville. Guani Chevrolet is Arkansas's number one Chevy dealer. And you can find them at 1301 TP White Drive in Jacksonville, as well as online at guatneychevrolet.com. Again, Guani Chevrolet and guatneychevrolet.com. Uh, I will say, though, we are very fortunate here uh, in the Hogsmeade Market Studios because I guess, just like so many people, I am sure, with the warm weather being out there, 
uh, parts of this building's air conditioning is uh, <laughs> on the fritz, but here in the Hogsmeade Market Studio, it's fine for right now. It's good. It's 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 working. And knock on wood, you know, it's working. But I just went down there to use the restroom on the other side of the building, and boof, man, it was. It uh, you might have a rainstorm starting in here because of the hot and cold weather moving in together like that. Because it is night and day when it comes to just being across the building over there. Thought everybody was back up to speed. Well, that's unfortunate, and they've been working on it. So, oh yeah, we'll be back together. Nathan Monin has weighed in on the whole deal with Ryan Mallett leaving Michigan. Says that there was a lot more going on behind the scenes that Lloyd Carr told Mallett to leave and. Uh, not even give it a chance because he was trying to sabotage Rich Rod at the time. Didn't want anybody coming in behind him and succeeding. And he even told Michigan to not call Jim Harbaugh, who probably would have taken the job at the time. That's interesting. Um, But I'm not saying that didn't happen because it might have absolutely happened. But I also feel like there's no way Ryan Mount was going to stay for Rich Rod's system. Like, it's you don't talk about two polar opposite type of quarterback that Mallett is and also the type of quarterback that Rich Rod was using knowing about the Pat White days of West Virginia uh, I felt like inevitably that was going to be something that was separated no matter what but I'm sure that there was some bitterness from Lloyd Carr and uh, probably felt like he was being forced out uh, after because that was the year too that they when they lost Appalachian State to start the year they were like number five in the country I don't know if that was the same year but it was around that time okay because I think it was that I think it was that game and then they lost like Oregon and uh, ooh what was the Oregon quarterback's name that was so good Dennis Dixon uh, he was really good I think he was the quarterback of that Oregon team and then they you know had those two losses and things kind of went sour but then Michigan I'm trying to remember if I got my years right. Michigan went on to beat Florida in a bowl game, and that was like Lloyd Carr's last game, and uh, they were all excited for him, and then Rich Rod came in and just never really got going. Seems like Michigan and Florida play in a bowl game almost every year. They play quite a bit. I know, and I don't know if that's like by design or if it's just coincidental. It's coincidental a lot of times, but when you can get those big names and the fan bases, we know that the bowl games pay a lot of attention to that. It just happens over and over again. Yeah, It's like Arkansas has played Kansas State twice in bowl games recently. They played them in the Cotton Bowl, and then they played them in the Liberty Bowl. Uh, they've played, I guess, Missouri, was it Missouri? Yeah, they played Missouri twice before they joined the conference. They played Missouri in the Independence Bowl in 04, and then the Cotton Bowl in 08. Won uh, one, lost one. I feel like just here recently, those are the only teams that they've had multiple occasions of playing them in a bowl game. I could be wrong, but... Uh, it does happen sometimes where teams do play multiple teams over time, but you're right with Florida and Michigan. Uh, that one seems like, uh, well, if they're around the same record, <laughs> pair them up, put them in down there in the uh, uh, what is it, the, the Gator Bowl or the uh, ca- uh, it's, it's one of the bowls in yeah, Florida. Yeah, Citrus Bowl, I think whatever it is, just put them together. They both have nine wins. Ah, they they're used to it. They'll be fine. They'll hit each other up, and it'll it'll be totally good. So yeah, that's LSU that makes Iowa. Sense. <laughs> yes, LSU they Iowa. They played a couple of times. Yeah, LSU Iowa. Uh, I'm trying to think, there's uh, yeah, there's other ones too that that get thrown in there. Because again, you know, you're gonna have the connections of the conferences and the tie-ins, so those are bound to happen. But uh, you know, Arkansas playing Texas. Oh yeah, I forgot that one. Texas. They played twice back in the Cotton Bowl in 2000, and they played them in the Texas Bowl in 2014. So kind of a bigger span there, but still, it's. It does happen in these bowl games. It's just sad because now, not saying bowl games are meaningless and bowl games are dumb because I do like bowl games as long as they're you know an interesting matchup. But just going from the times where man, if you made a bowl game, it was such a great time, such a a, a big deal, and now it's almost like a, the bowl games are just a consolation prize at the end of the year. It's like yeah, you get one more game. You may not have all the players because they wanted to enter in the NFL early or transfer portal or whatever, but. Craziness and madness can happen, and if you need any evidence of that, just look at what Arkansas and Kansas did this past year in the Liberty Bowl. That was wild. That was insane. And one of the craziest bowl games you would ever see. So. You can never predict anything like that. No. No. It, it, it's almost like, I don't even want to use the, like, use the comparison to the NCAA tournament, but there's a little of that, too, where it's like, just because you're a good team or that you got some good talent and whatnot doesn't mean that, oh, well, you're facing a mid-major, you're facing a non-Power 5 team and you're, you're just going to roll through I'm like that's not going to be the case in fact one of my favorite bowl games of all time was that Oklahoma Boise State uh, Fiesta Bowl back in like 08 whenever that was having the Statue of Liberty play and Ian Johnson and Jared Zabransky 
Like that was that was a lot of fun. Like those were the meaningful bowl games that were a lot of fun to deal with. But uh, you don't want to see blowouts either. So you got to find the balance there. I'll, yeah, bowl games and bowl teams in Michigan and Florida. Tale as old as time. Then playing in bowl games too. Because who was uh, who did Rich Rodriguez was that the Denard Robinson days too? Is that who he brought in as a quarterback? Wasn't that his name? Shoelace was it? Yeah, was it, yeah, uh, shoelace. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about. Yeah, he was because uh, I think they had one good year with him there, or maybe that was Brady. I think he took over after Brady Hoke, or Brady Hoke is the one that brought him to the Sugar Bowl down in Louisiana. But I'm pretty sure it was Denard Robinson, and he got a lot of Heisman hype because you saw the the systems there, but it, it just never translated, never played out. I'm I'm one of those people that was shocked when Rich Rodriguez did not work out at a major college football level because. Those West Virginia teams he had were electric, and if it wasn't for them losing to Pitt in the final game of the year, they would have been in the national championship game that year. It's much more about off, uh, more more than just offense, though. You have to be able to have something on the defensive side of ball, and we saw that with a lot of Bobby Petrino teams. Also, they they score a lot of points, and you know you have to be able to stop somebody on the other side when you play better competition. You're you're just always having to outscore the other team as opposed to really being able to concentrate on stopping them. Yeah, it's almost like a, a pioneer of, you know, the, the, that style and how it was so effective. Because I'll be honest, I would have never even known about West Virginia football if it wasn't for those Rich Rodriguez teams. And uh, not only did you have Pat White, but you had Steve Slayton, you had Noel Devine, uh, just playmakers. And being from the big, I think it was the Big East at the time, so a conference they were in, uh, they, they got a lot of people watching their games because it was an exciting brand of football. In fact, I want to say it was them, and then remember Rutgers had one really good year too. Uh, Louisville back oh, there in the they Big had East, some good ones with Ray Rice. Ray yes, Rice was that's the right. guy they would just hand the ball off to, and he would create out of the backfield. That's right. In fact, I, and again, I'm just really trying to remember all this stuff, but I'm pretty sure that the one loss that Bobby Petrino had at Louisville that year, when it was like Brian Brom and all, and all those great players that he had. I believe it was when they went on the road and lost to Rutgers. By Rutgers had strong defense. They yes, ran they the ball, and they played good defense. Yeah, man, those, those old Big East days of those teams and some of those players uh, taking, me, taking me way back because I think the running backs, Ray Rice, Ian Johnson from Boise State had, uh, of course, Darren McFadden during that time too, getting mentioned. Uh, Adrian Peterson, I think that was kind of already after he had gone into the NFL, but still right around that time. It was almost like those were the days of the running back. Because you had a lot of good quarterbacks, don't get me wrong, but knowing how the running back position just in football in general is not maybe as glorified or maybe not as what it used to be, that was a time where a lot of the great teams or even the best of teams had a solid running back. Because was it at Louisville, was it Michael Bush? Was that his name that was there? Yeah. So yeah, they had a, had a lot of uh, a lot of great times and great running backs back then, during that time. Kind of missed those days. Full circle with Greg Schiano, who's back at Rutgers. And uh, he's a guy that's been around for a long time. You think of him from being a coach for a while, and he's still fairly young. He's 57 years old. Is he really? Yeah. Wow. Because he went from Rutgers, to, he went to the Bucks, right? Was it the Tampa Bay Bucks? that he was the coach? And I guess that didn't work out. And I remember he was supposed to be, he was being hired by Tennessee before they hired Jeremy Pruitt. And like the fans. The fans had about it. Yeah, they like lost their minds. And then our Jeremy Pruitt, which, ooh, that one worked out great. That was a weird time. And that's good. For, I always liked Greg Schiano. I thought he was really good as a coach. And, I mean, if you can win at Rutgers, you can uh, you can win pretty much anywhere. So um, I always thought he was a really good coach and the connections there. But I also forgot that he's back at Rutgers. I was about to ask where he's at. But, yeah, it's full circle. And they're in the Big Ten. Amazing how much stuff has just changed since those points in time. But either way. Fast-moving show, because that is the music, and we're already up against it. But that's okay, because coming up next, we're going to get to our final segment of the day. Of course, three and out. We'll have some headlines, some storylines, some things we didn't get into. We'll close up shop and get you ready for Drive Time Sports. It's all next on Out of Bounds, so stay with us. Make the most of every lawn with Kubota Commercial Landscaping Equipment. 
From the productivity-boosting Z700 mower to the reliable SVL track loader, it's a lineup built to get the job done right. Because when your reputation is on the line, you need equipment that will never let you down. Visit your local Kubota dealer today. River Valley Tractor, five great locations around central Arkansas to better serve you. RiverValleyTractor.com. At Edwards Food Giant, they know your family is important, and they also know that your time and convenience is as well. So why not take advantage of their heat and eat items in their deli department? Those famous Edwards Food Giant signature dishes with many of the same entrees and recipes that are served daily in the hot bar. All ready to take home and serve to your family tonight. And it can all be found at your favorite Sister Arkansas Edwards Food Giant Deli. This week's special is Mexican chicken for only $7.49, paired with roasted corn and black beans for just $4.99. Oakland Racing Casino Resort presents the Great Arkansas Beer Festival, Rock City Margarita Festival, Saturday, July 22nd at the State House Convention Center. Brought to you in part by Tito's Handmade Vodka and Mosquito Joe. Go to 1037thebuzz.com for more. Hey folks, Wild Bill here with Magic Market, Motorsports Authority in Hot Springs and Russellville. Folks, we're kicking off our third annual season summer sell-off, and my goodness, do we have the inventory. That's right, Bill. We've got the best inventory we've ever had. Not going to last long. Terrains, rogues, forerunners, pilots, escapes. And don't forget, we say yes. Come see us. We've got plenty of financing options for you to get you in the vehicle of your dreams. And if you can't make it to one of our locations, you can always visit us online at msastore.com. Hour is back at Twin Peaks. Monday through Friday from 2 to 7, score sweet deals like dollar off wine, liquor, and freezing cold 29 degree draft brews. Select apps available for two, four, and six dollars. Awesome specials during late night hours. Cheers! My wife was the first to notice I was losing my hair. I thought, I am way too young for this. At QC Kinetics Hair Restoration, we see men and women of all ages struggling with hair loss. And for Nick, it began when he was just 32 years old. I didn't really think about it too much until last spring when I got sunburn on my scalp and, I don't know, it wasn't really that hot out. QC Kinetics uses regenerative treatments, all natural biologics, to reignite hair growth without surgery. And the results are amazing. I felt like I was hopeful, right? But then after the first few treatments, I already started to notice a difference. It just felt real, so I was just more excited to continue the process. Real results without invasive surgery. And as for Nick's wife... She loves it. I got my hair back in my early 30s. I want to look my age, and now I do. Schedule your free hair restoration consultation today with QC Kinetics. Call QC Kinetics, 501-222-8440. That's 501-222-8440. 501-222-8440. Come check out the huge discounts Monday, July 3rd from 6 to 10 as Morning Mayhem broadcasts live from Arkansas's only RV clearance lot, Kiko's Country RV, 71 Interstate Drive in Mayflower, where you will find brand new units marked as much as 10K below dealer cost. Come by and get hamburgers and hot dogs off the grill and get signed up at all three locations, Cabot, Bryant, and Mayflower, for a family fireworks package. Open July 4th from 8.30 to 1 for your convenience. Allow us to introduce ourselves. We are Big O Tires. However, we might as well go by Big O Tires, alignments, batteries, brakes, oil changes, suspensions, and free visual inspection upon arrival. Because we do all that and more. But that name seems a little long and it won't fit on our sign. Now at Big O Tires in Conway and Cabot, take $100 off select sets of tires. That's right. Save $100 right now off select sets of tires and get tires, service, and straight talk at Big O Tires. Check out Hogs Meat Market's monthly specials and meat packages at hogsmeatmarket.com. Hogs Meat Market, the steak people. Their time is done. It's over. Over? Did you say over? Nonsense. I've not yet begun to defile myself. Call Kenny Loggins because you're in the danger zone. I play real sports. I'm trying to be the best at exercising. It's time for three and out. It's been three hours and we are... Boom. Out of here. All right, it is time for three and out. A few headlines, a few storylines, a few things that we got to dive into. I thought this was a great clip that, uh, you know, we talk about uh, coaches and behind the scenes. Now it's always so fascinating. Well, former Nick Saban assistant coach uh, told this story of a wild moment that involved police escorts, private jets, just to make a tea time. 
And this is coming from a former assistant, Tyler Siski, who's on a on the uh, walk on or yeah, it's a walk ons podcast. And uh, the story itself is just absolutely incredible. Take a listen. Of my welcome to Alabama moments when I knew that this place was different. We're going to Kiva Dunes to play in a golf tournament. And we have a staff meeting at 7.30 in Tuscaloosa. With a, the Kiva Dunes is in Gulf Shores, and we're going to fly after whatever. I figured, hey, we need to get out of this meeting at 10.15 at the latest. Or he's going to be pissed because he's going to be late for the golf tournament, the press conference, the whole deal. Kirby comes into me and goes, hey, look, you have your bag packed, and you have it by your door. When he says it's time to go, grab your bag and run to the parking lot. And I'm going... Are you serious? And he's like, yeah. And he goes, you'll understand. Just trust me. At 10.57, one hour and three minutes before tea time in Gulf Shores, Alabama, which we are in Tuscaloosa, for those that are listening and don't understand geography, that's a long way away. Yes. He goes, he literally goes like this. He has his reading glasses on. He takes his reading glasses off real nice and calm. He goes, all right, boys. He goes, I told him we wouldn't be late. Let's go. And when he said that, the room scattered like cockroaches. The lights on. I mean, grown-ass men running down the hall, and he never broke stride. He is as calm as day, just got up, went to his office, put his stuff down, and just starts walking down the hall. We get out to, to the parking lot, and there were two vans, two passenger vans, and a guy goes, offense over here, defense over here. They had a police escort and got us through town to, and took us straight on the runway. There were two jets cranked up with an engine down, on not on the, tar- not on the taxiway, on the actual runway. They pulled us out, we threw the luggage, we threw the luggage, we got on. 23 minutes later, we landed in uh, Gulf Shores. Same two setup, passenger van deal. We pull up. I hit my first golf ball at 11.57. One hour, 60 minutes exactly from sitting in the staff room to hit my first golf ball. Yeah, that's just unreal. That's a level of organization that... And he was doing his press conference. He teed off on hole number one. He, he drove his cart right by the tee box, talked to the media, teed off, and we played golf for a day and a half. Absolutely incredible story, but you know what? It goes to show you that he's all about time and making the most of it, so he's not going to waste any time just messing around. He's going to do his scouting and then go play golf, but uh, again, level of organization, that's probably one of the many reasons why Nick Saban's one of the best in the business. NHL draft was last night. Connor Bedard goes number one overall to the Chicago Blackhawks. He was born in 05, 17 years old. My goodness And he is uh, said to be a dynamic player. He's 5'10", 185 pounds, but he's about to uh, make his journey into the NHL. The top four draft picks all play the same position. They're all centers. Well, it was funny because I did not I – don't, I don't know anything about hockey. I'm not going to pretend to. But where I was at last night, there were, it was on, like kind of in the background up on TV. And I'm laughing because I'm like, all these people that are getting drafted – their children like these these are like eight 17 18 year old kids so, but it's like the same system you know they get drafted they hug their parents it's almost like what you see in the nba or in the nfl but like all of them just look like they're 12 years old and they've been playing pro for a few years already at this point that, it's just wild watching that and then it seems like like because also i think it's cool the, a lot of them just put on the jersey itself right away, right away which is cool and it just is a is a whole new animal but i was just watching i was like my goodness this is so weird because i feel like these are just I mean, because they are children and kids, but some of them didn't even look like they were 17, 18 years old. They looked like they were 12. So it's just a really weird thing, but they're going to be making a lot of money, that's for sure. Uh, also, some uh, some wild news, too, when it comes to... Listen, people can be really serious when it comes to how they want their house landscapes or the POA that you deal with. Well, a man in New Jersey faces a $1.9 million fine because he snuck onto his neighbor's property just to chop down all the trees that they had for a better view. Cut down 32 trees from his neighbor's property without a permit, a violation that would cost him at least $32,000, but uh, said that uh, he that the issues, the fines are going to be having up to $1,000 per tree that he cut down. He also declined to comment on, a twi- on Twitter, but suggested that the cost of undoing the damage could be much greater. The thread that was put together has identified him and his estimate for replanting the trees are going to total up to $1.5 million with additional penalties of $400,000, all because of not having permits and not being allowed to. But I'm like, dude, that's next level stuff. If you're so frustrated and you hate and you want to view so bad that you just go on your neighbor's property and cut down 32 trees, a little excessive, probably not worth the $2 million of fines you're going to end up paying. 
J.J. Watt has been making the rounds here recently, and we know that he's retired, so he has time to put some energy into different things. He was on with Chris Long, and he spoke about being the commencement speaker at Wisconsin in 2019 and something cool that he really wanted to do, but they shut it down. You did the commencement speech. How was it, and are you going back to class? Oh, I'm not going back to class. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Um, But a funny story from that was I was talking to the university, and I really wanted to do something special and cool. So I was trying to find a way to make mine memorable, and I was talking to the university, and I was like, this is what I want to do. Spotted cow is the best beer in Wisconsin. It's incredible. I want to put a spotted cow under every single seat in the stadium. I'll pay for it all. I'll pay for the labor to put it under the seats. But at the end of my commencement speech, I'm going to say, and now to congratulate you, just reach under your seat and have a cold one on me. And they were like, yeah, we we can't do that legally. <laughs> we cannot. So then I tried, I was like, well, what if I tape underneath there a gift certificate for one beer down at the terrace, which is like where everybody would go after graduation. I was like, I'll give them one spotted cow at the terrace. And they're like, we just can't associate alcohol with our graduation. So it ruined my idea, but I thought that would have been such a badass idea. It, it was unique. But I wasn't awesome. able to do it. I mean, you think about, like, I mean, when, at least when my college commencement thing, it was the most boring thing ever. That would have been something that would have been memorable for all those kids. So, no fun college, apparently, up there at Wisconsin. Maybe if he would have taken a different approach and just said, hey, uh, you know, anybody, I, I want to do something special for you, come give me a shout. I, this is where I'm going to be, and come meet me over there. Yeah. Maybe right. maybe could have done it like that. Yeah, wear your, what do they call it, the whatever the gown is that you, you wear at your graduation. Whatever that's called, graduation gown. Hey, just wear that over here, and I'll hit you up with a beer as long as you're wearing that. Makes it easy on you. Uh, so a fun thing with, uh, when it comes to ketchup, I don't really like ketchup uh, on anything but fries, I'll admit. But apparently there's a debate about whether or not ketchup belongs in the refrigerator or just outside. Because if you go to a restaurant, they're not always in the refrigerator. They're up on the table. Well, apparently, according to Heinz, which is the leading uh, brand when it comes to ketchup, they uh, they were asked about uh, what's what did they do or how are they supposed to handle this and they say yes, ketchup belongs in the refrigerator if you can help it. It makes it last a lot longer and also it holds the taste a lot better. But those of you who are using it outside of the refrigerator is fine. But we just wouldn't recommend it if you want the best tasting Heinz ketchup that you possibly can have. Jake Paul bought a rare Ferrari, almost a half a million dollar Ferrari, and he broke it in the same day so he spent a lot of money on it and then it broke down on him in the same day because of the way he was driving it oh geez well best and worst states for uh, summer road trips uh top 10 of them texas new york north carolina ohio idaho crazy louisiana florida wyoming minnesota and maine those are the 10 best sorry arkansas because you're listed as one of the 10 worst rhode island delaware connecticut hawaii montana arkansas Massachusetts, New Mexico, North Dakota, and South Carolina. Those are the worst places to drive during summer road trips. Simone Biles revealed that she's going to return to competition for the first time since the 2020 Summer Olympics. So that'll be something that happens soon within the next couple of months. A lot of people will be watching it as well. But we appreciate everybody listening in Out of Bounds today. For Joe Franklin, I am John Neighbors. Same sports show, same sports channel tomorrow afternoon. Stay tuned, folks. we got Drive Time Sports coming up next. At College Hunks Hauling Junk and Moving, they move the things you love and haul away the stuff you don't. They offer packing, moving, loading and unloading, as well as junk removal. Find out why they have more five-star reviews than any other moving company. CollegeHunksHaulingJunk.com David Dunn here with Central Arkansas Truck and Trailer. We're the area's largest and highest rated independent diesel repair facility for all makes and models. From transmissions and brakes to suspensions and engine repair. 